we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 18th, 2015. And um, following up what we had just covered on um, uh, Hillary and Obama, we have the NRA's Wayne LaPierre. Now, I don't believe the NRA is near hardcore enough, okay? Gun Owners of America, I believe, is, is a much better organization fighting for gun rights. But the NRA's Wayne LaPierre, I don't know if that's the president, uh, said after he responded to calls for gun confiscation in the aftermath of Sandy Hook shootings, said, quote, politicians pass laws for gun-free zone school zones. They issue press releases bragging about them. They post signs advertising that they're gun-free zones. And in doing so, they tell every insane killer in America that schools are their safest place to inflict the maximum amount of mayhem with the minimal amount of risk to their own person. And then the editor uh, who wrote this report said, gun-free zones are where people go to die. The only thing that would have saved the students at the Oregon Community College would have been the presence of armed guards or staff. Now, okay, let's let's give God some credit. God could have intervened. I'm, just, I'm not, you know, it's not the only thing, but... Um, yes, it would have been probably the most logical deterrent to be put in place, obviously. The only thing that would have saved the lives at, of the Columbine students would have been the presence of armed guards or staff. And again, I give a little caveat there, but yeah, I get what he's saying. Um, how have our nation's priorities gotten so far out of order? Think about it. We care more about our money, so we protect the banks with armed guards. Uh, American airports, office buildings, power plants, and courthouses. Even sports stadiums are protected by armed securities. The president is protected with armed Secret Service agents. Okay, As are a lot of the congressmen and the senators and the governors and these types of people. A lot of people in Hollywood, they are. Okay, Yet, when it comes to our most beloved, uh, innocent, and vulnerable members of the American society, our children, they are left utterly helpless. And the monsters and predators of this world know it and exploit it. That must change now. It's un... You, you, I mean, think about the logic in that. They're the only ones that are left totally unprotected. No guns here. No way. Gun-free zones all the way. Because that's the answer. That's the answer if you want to ensure the maximum amount of carnage on campuses across the nation. <coughs> 262 million people murdered by their own governments since 19, the year 1900. 262 million people. And I guarantee you that's a conservative figure. Gun control is always the first step. Help make uh, democide safe for the governments of the world. Support local, state, national, and global gun control. See, help make this mass genocide possible by the governments because that's what they want for America. They want to greatly add to the 262 million people murdered by their own government since 1900. And they're banking on Americans to turn in their guns and to let their guns be confiscated to make that happen. That's what it's all about. And here's all the, of the statistics on the 262 million. There's a chart here in the PDF that you can look at. Um, so you have that. Okay. Then, uh, emergency high alert gun confiscation agenda kicked into high gear as call goes out for the U S state department to label the NRA as a terrorist organization. And again, just like the American family association that we're talking about, you know, I wouldn't consider them hardcore Christian, you know, I would not consider NRA. It might be the biggest but it is nowhere near hardcore enough regarding gun control issues. Gun Owners of America is way better. Um, and they're even as, as, as milquetoast, as lukewarm as I've seen the NRA be in the past, um, they're calling, the, the calls going out now for the State Department to label the NRA as a terrorist organization. Uh, they're, they're, I guess you you would call them, they're, okay, they're the biggest target, so they want to go after them first, I guess. I don't know, I guess. With, with the White House now officially announcing that Barack Obama is preparing more executive actions on gun control, as shared from the story from Breibart, 
A&P takes a look at how the extreme how extreme this administration may likely go to completely ban guns in America via looking at the story from the mainstream news outlet that is now calling for the labeling of the NRA as a terrorist organization. We also have to ask why such a strong disarmament push is now being made despite the same administration allowing terrorists into America due to lax immigration policies. Again, all this is by design. Disarm the lawful, uh, law-abiding population, let the Muslim terrorists in, let the illegal aliens in, let anything evil prosper, bless it, fund it, give it money, give it protection, and demonize anything good and righteous. That's the, that's the normal. That's, that's, that's the new norm now in this wonderful country um we have to ask is all this part of a long-held plot to completely take over america via initiating civil war prior to an attack upon us by possibly russia or china good point as well as a well-trusted a and p source tells us at this dire moment in time the fate of the entire republic hangs in the balance and this is a report by uh, this witch, Linda Stasi, like the, the Stasi of, of uh, I believe, Nazi Germany. Um, Stasi says, State Department, I guess, should list gun-loving NRA as a terrorist organization. And this is right in the, the uh, New York Daily News. She's calling, calling for this on the New York Daily News. According to obvious Nazi Linda Stasi at the New York Daily News, the U.S. Department of State must list the gun-loving NRA, quote, gun-loving NRA, as a terrorist organization in her latest anti-constitution blustering that has the ANP asking why she and countless others would possibly want tens of millions of Americans dead at the hands of criminals who will never voluntarily hand over their guns. Criminals aren't going to hand over their guns, okay? And obviously in an obviously completely out of control government via the illegal disarmament of the American people. Meaning, you know, what they want is tens of millions of Americans dead is what they want because that's what happens after you confiscate the guns. Okay? It's every single time when that happens, huge swaths of the population will die, especially under somebody like Obama or Clinton. Um... The Nazi Stasi's Facebook is pages here, and Americans are ripping her apart. But seriously, her last name is Stasi, and you can go to her Facebook page and give you a link there. So um, we have that, and then we have this report: Obama to flood streets with fifty thousand drug dealers and gangbangers. Yeah, so he's going to flood the streets now with more gangbangers and and drug dealers that we already have. Uh, in an attempt to downsize and provide relief to the overcrowded federal prison system, which they've all created by design, Obama has come up with a plan to release the drug dealers and gang members into the streets of America. The Justice Department is set to release about 6,000 inmates early from prison, the largest one-time release of federal prisoners in an effort to reduce overcrowding and provide relief to drug offenders, according to U.S. officials. Um, then he goes on to say, the author says, I agree U.S. prisons are beyond capacity. The United States is a penal uh, country with laws against things that are absurd and the lengths of sentences for these crimes are unbelievably long. But doesn't it make more sense to release the non-violent offenders like white-collar crime offenders if you're going to do something like this? No, 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 no. Keep them all in prison. Release the gangbangers and the drug dealers that's they're good people okay they're wicked they're evil they're all demon possessed collectively uh, many of them are in gangs many of you know so um we're going to release them instead because it's the right thing to do and, it, and it's obviously the the least racist thing to do too you know keep the white collar criminals or, or anybody else for some absurd charge which there's most likely millions on that end keep them in though i know a man that brought bought too many lobster for his restaurant in key west and he was sent to federal prison for that crime federal prison he bought too many larry the lobsters and uh yeah we'll, we'll throw him in prison i know a man that is serving five years in prison for declaring his income incorrectly he declared 150 dollars more than his actual income 
on a mortgage application. That is a federal crime, according to the FDIC. He went to prison for five years, federal. Five years. 150 bucks, and he claimed it. Releasing these types of individuals to the streets present no risk to the communities whatsoever, obviously. Are these types of crimes being released under this under this massive release? Are these the types of crimes being released under this massive release? No, they're not. Only drug dealers and gangbangers. This leads one to wonder the true objective of the Department of Justice and Obama. It, it, it really doesn't. It doesn't leave one to wonder about anything like that. It's obvious they're just a, an extension of Satan. That's all they are. The drug dealers and gangbangers from federal prisons nationwide will be set free by the department's Bureau of Prisons between October 30th and November 2nd. So that's coming up here. We got about, oh, another 12 days to wait here uh, for the, the first wave of 6,000 to come out. About two-thirds of them will go to a halfway house and home confinement before being put on supervised release. About one-third are foreign citizens. Who will be quickly deported? Yeah, well, if they're being deported to Mexico, the Middle East, or just or the um, Central America, they're just going to come right back in. They'll, they'll 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 get their drug load and come right back in. They're doing them a favor. They're getting them down there so they can maybe get some more drugs and you know bring them more back in. The panel estimated that its change in sentencing guidelines eventually could result in forty six thousand of the nation's approximately 100,000 drug dealers and gang members in federal prison qualifying for early release. So let's release half of the drug dealers in prison. You know, why not? I mean, it's, I think it's the right thing to do, obviously. The, the 6,000 figure, which is being released in 12 days, has not been previously reported, but it is the first part of the process. So again, we, we got Obama working on our behalf for our benefit and for the benefit of the of the country and for the benefit mostly of mankind in general. You know, he's just doing his thing. This is what he does best. I mean, if it's evil, if it's wicked, if it's corrupt, he's going to be behind it in some way, shape, or form. And, and he is going to love, I guarantee he is going to love the lake of fire. He's going to love that eternity in the lake of fire. And then, you know, hell and then the lake of fire. Um, because obviously the guy has no concern uh, or fear of God or fear of anything, retribution. Um, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible that, that uh, if he's even human. I, I don't even, at this point, I don't know. Because these are the actions of, of just, you know, vessels of Satan that, that have no morality, no conscience, no anything. You know, just bent on the destruction of humanity. Um, this is... Um, it kind of, uh, on a little different note, uh, feds prep for nuclear attack. Uh, they boost the nation's stockpile of silver lawn burn kits. The detonation of an improvised nuclear device would produce heat, resulting in many patients with severe burns, says a September 30th news release from the Department of Health and Human Services. So it's kind of weird that they're, uh, they're releasing this warning. We need to read between... Okay, so, again, I messed up on this. Um, this next story is absolutely shocking. The federal government, Health and Human Services Department, is now boosting the national stockpile of burn treatments in case of a nuclear attack. That's right, the United States federal government is preparing for a nuclear attack. Quote, the detonation of an improvised nuclear device would produce intense heat, resulting in many patients with severe burns, says a September 30 news release from the Department of Health and Human Services. The announcement says that Health and Human Services has contracted for the development of four novel products to treat severe thermal burns. The products will boost the number of treatment options in case of a disaster, and they'll also be used in routine burn care situations. The four treatments, one commercially available right now and three in development, will be added to the Strategic National Stockpile, the SNS, or managed by vendors to help protect people from burn injuries resulting from radiological and nuclear threats. The announcement notes that burns stemming from a nuclear attack may require surgical skin grafting that is resource intensive and technic 
technically demanding. Now, with only 127 burn centers nationwide, a mass casualty incident could easily overwhelm the nation's burn center infrastructure. Quote, to protect health and save lives from the impacts of multiple types of disasters, we have had to address critical challenges in burn care, said Robin Robinson, Ph.D. Director of Health and Human Services Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Quote, these products are intended to offer greater options and help create a continuum of care in a mass casualty incident. Together, they have the potential to eliminate resource-intensive steps, shorten hospital stays, and improve patient outcomes. The announcement comes at a time of heightened concern about national security in general and the threat of foreign terrorist fighters in particular. A currently available treatment called Silverlund, manufactured by Argentum of Geneva, Illinois, is described as a long-acting silver-impregnated nylon bandage that can be used to cover first and second degree thermal burns. That comes from Health and Human Services Silverton. Uh, Silverton could also help burn patients before they get surgical treatment and their injuries in the hospital. The five-year contract for delivery of Silverton is valued at $20 million. So, with that news, I just presented to you Health and Human Services Department is preparing for a nuclear assault of some kind on American soil. Given the intensive buildup that is happening right now in the Middle East, 150,000 troops being conscripted by Russia, Iranian troops, Chinese troops, Iraqi troops heading into Syria, Chinese aircraft carriers in the uh, in the Mediterranean Sea, France launching their own airstrikes, America being told to get out of the Middle East by Russia. The largest NATO drills ever conducted in European history have just occurred. The, the excuse, Russia. America has said that they're going to revamp and update the nuclear stockpile in Germany. Twenty nuclear warheads are going to be replaced. And Russia says, don't you think about it. So as all this is going on, what has what has Health and Human Services decided to do? Launch a twenty million dollar contract for nuclear burn kits. What does this mean to you? What are they trying to say? We need to read between the lines. You didn't see this on the evening news, did you? Well, you saw it here. Leave your comments below. Share this video and let people know what is coming. What the what the U.S. government is planning for. Hit that share button, like, comment, bunker down, because it's about to get hot in the United States. Badass shirt. Sorry. Um, that was an advertisement at the end. Uh, yeah, why, why, is it, why, why do you always have to have cussing and stuff? You know, so many of these, these guys in alternative media, it's like, you got to have cussing in there. You just got to have it. It's Why? Why? Ah, just drives me crazy. Anyway, um, I looked these up, and these actually look really good. These Silver Lawn Burn Contact dressings. Um, I'm looking at this one, and if you key in silver and then L-O-N, these would be something really good to have in your survival, like, medical kit, okay? Um, in fact, I'm going to order some of these. these. These look excellent. It This is the Silverlawn 4x5 Burn Contact Dressing. I mean, they're not cheap, but I mean, you know, to have some in your your pack, I mean, I do not know what we're going to be encountering in the future. I think it's good to have a very diverse medical kit um, with a lot of different options because if stuff goes down, most likely, you're not going to be able to get near a hospital. And as big brother as they are now, who knows what you would have to do. Probably sell your soul in order to get treatment. Uh, I believe it's going to get that bad. So as many options as you have at your disposal, I would rec recommend that. There are all types of DVDs and videos out there and stuff about, about um, 
ways that you can prep in this regard, ways that you can... Um, I just ordered a DVD the other day. Um, in fact, I ought to just mention this right now. Um, and I haven't even watched these yet. But um, I like DVDs because you can obviously go back and play them. Now, granted, if we got hit with an EMP and you didn't have a shielded computer or shielded uh, DVD player... Um, you probably won't be able to play it ever again. And so that's something to think about. But, I mean, um, there's a company called Doom and Bloom. Doomandbloom.net. And it, they have a DVD that I've got here called Collapse Medicine. Which I believe shows you emergency medicine. Then there's ones I just got the other day. Um, not very expensive. One, it's called Mastering Your Medical Kit. Um how to properly build and use an emergency med kit featuring Dr. David Pruitt. Um, and uh, go to the prepper, theprepperproject.com. I believe you can find it, www.theprepperproject. One word, theprepperproject.com. Um, this shows you how to build your own med kit. And, um, you know, with uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do at the dollar store. A lot of stuff. That Patriot Nurse lady up on the YouTube, she's really good. And she's got she's got seminars she does around the country. They're not the cheapest, but, I mean, it's really good hands-on stuff. She showed, she's got videos up there, though. A lot of stuff she has up there for free on YouTube. Patriot Nurse, where you can go to, like, the dollar store and get all types of stuff for, for your medical preps. It also could be things you would use as bartering in the future. And then another one from this uh, prepper... ThePrepperProject.com, I bought this. It's called Survival Suturing Wound Care When There Is No Doctor by this Dr. David Pruitt. So it shows you how to do that. It shows you on things you can literally practice on. Certain types, of, I believe, um, maybe even fruits that, that mimic human flesh on practicing on suturing. Because you never know. You just never know what we might be faced with. And I'm not saying everybody in the family, in your family, would have to be trained in this. I mean, obviously, if you're by your... Yourself, you know, you're kind of you're you're limited there. But if you had a family, you could designate one person. Let's say one person that already had an interest in this would be the most preferable, and to have them maybe master certain skills, and then another family member master certain skills. So that way, you know, it's not like everybody has to have the exact same skill set. In other words, people could prioritize more, um, be, become better at one particular skill, and maybe a skill they had more of an interest in. So it might be something, but these these look really good. The Silver Lawn Burn Contact Dressing or Broad Spectrum 7-Day Use Antimicrobial Barrier Dressings. The surface of the nylon-based dressing is plated with pure metallic silver, which is a source of the antimicrobial silver ion. See, they've got the memo on what silver has the potential to do. You know, um, the silver ions disassociate from the surface of the dressing in the presence of moisture. Silver ion release rates are maintained by maintaining the moisture content of the burn and the wound dressing um they're composed of knitted fabrics that are flexible minimally adhering and antimicrobial um it's 100 covered uniformly and sir so circumferentially with a thin coat of pure metallic silver um so these look really good this four by four one um and if you again again just do a keyword search you can find these uh silver lawn uh, silver lawn burn kits is the the coat the the keyword search i did s-i-l-v-e-r-l-o-n um then you could just do burn probably you'll find them i mean this one's eleven dollars and i know they're they're pricey but again it's something that if you ever needed it just like that quick clot stuff they sell it's expensive it's for trauma kits but it's something that could literally save somebody's life there's other ways to, to clot things too. And I'm not an expert in this area. I, I w really want to look into it more, but it's it's tough when I'm just so uh, bombarded with the ministry. But um, there are a lot of good natural and alternatives like this that you could have in your medical kit uh, to fall back on. And if you ever did need it, boy, you'd, you'd be thankful you had it is all I'm saying. So um, the company that sells this is ChinookMed.com c-h-i-n-o-o-k-m-e-d.com and maybe they sell them up on ebay maybe they sell them on amazon i don't know um but 
these are in law enforcement medical kits um and um again for burns they have they have known for a long long time that silver is indispensable when treating uh burns and i'm, I'm going to read a little excerpt on one of my uh, uh reports about that okay so this is from my my uh attachment that i send people on the five mild silver protein and there's different points about it but um first point is when people say well isn't it won't it like uh build up like a heavy metal well silver's actually what they would call and i don't, I don't mean to be derogatory in voices i mean um but a lot of people ask me that you know isn't it like a heavy metal will it build up Silver's valence makes it non-toxic. The valence of the element silver, which is AG, AG is the is the chemical elemental periodic chart name. AG is silver, um, has a plus one valence. I mean, it has a plus one electron valence charge. Silver's valence makes it non-toxic, whereas mercury and other quote heavy metals have a plus two valence which actually those types of metals build up in the soft tissue. The only way you're going to get silver to build up in the body is if you take that kind that you make it with a generator. And, you, and you, I've had people that I told the story many times. It was in Topeka doing the Prophecy Club tour. Had a lady come up to me, a pastor's wife, and uh, she was morbidly gray. And she says, yep. She says, I drink, I make it myself. I drink 16 ounces every day. I'm pretty sure she said 16 or bare minimum 8. And uh, turn me gray, but I don't ever get sick. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, the Vive Silver won't turn you gray. It, it's it's um, much, much, much higher quality. It's much more stable. It's a true colloidal silver, whereas that is what they call an ionic silver. It has a very unstable, it's a very unstable, low-quality product to take internally. Um, if you had to do if you had nothing else, I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Okay, and it's very good for topical stuff, but for long-term internal use, um, you take that stuff anywhere from eight to sixteen ounces a day. It's going to turn you gray. Okay, I've I know of two people that I've been in seminars, in alternative seminars and Christian seminars that were gray. You know, it's this ashen, morbid-looking gray. Um, but the the Invive has never turned anybody gray ever. Okay, just so you know. So. That's another thing. Um, the valence is non-toxic um, in, in silver, though. Uh, and then silver is what was also referred to as a dulcimate, meaning silver is soothing to the tissues. This is evidenced by a silver that's used in every burn ward in the United States. Now, this isn't even about the silver lawn bandages. This is called sulfur sulfidine, sulfa design. Um, and silver sulfa design is used in prodigious amounts with severely burned patients whose prognosis would be death if it were not for the silver used for their infections topically conventional antibiotics in the amounts necessary to stop the infections are so toxic that they would kill the patients if used in the same manner in these burn wards vast quantities of silver are absorbed by thousands of burn patients via the skin and tissues and are then carried by the bloodstream of the burn victims um, I've seen people that were severely burned and they just were misting the silver on their skin and you couldn't tell they were ever burned and they, and they should be scarred all over. Um, and you don't have to use the silver in super high concentrations. It's not like you got to spray 5,000 part per million right on the skin. If you're dealing with something like a burn, now, if you had something like MRSA, multiple resistant staph aureus, yes, I would use full strength on that. And I'd also alternate that with like Lugol's iodine and, uh, they also say that clay can have a really good effect on MRSA. I have a whole file on that. If you need it, I'll email it to you. I'll just email me and I'll, I'll get that to you on MRSA. Um, those are the those are the the infections that people get typically topically that the antibiotics won't kill because there's so much antibiotic resistance that exists now because of the overuse of antibiotics. Um, so vast quantities of silver absorbed by thousands of burn patients via the skin and tissues and are carried by the bloodstream of burn victims. The silver has proven to have no negative side effects other than uh, on the other organs of the body either. This fact has been proven over decades of usage in every burn ward in the United States. So this is just all stuff regarding, you know, silver in general. So I would, yeah, I'd, I'd highly advise you, you getting... Um, potentially some of these uh, silver lawn uh, bandages, just to have some 
Just like having a tourniquet is very wise. Just like having the quick clot is very, very wise. Like having a medical kit is very, very wise. Um, knowing basic suturing is very, very wise. Maybe having some splints is very, very wise. Just all of these things to have, just to have your options open in a worst case scenario type of event. Um, okay, so let's go further here. Okay, so going back to this report um, that we had just, there was a comment regarding the, uh, the video clip that we just heard, and it said, let's see, 2.1 billion rounds of ammo, 1 billion dollars worth of four-person stackable caskets, 1 billion uh, dollar rush order of MREs, uh, hundreds of millions of body bags ordered and received in the last five years or so. The question is, what type of party are they going to be throwing? meaning the government, now, and these are just some of the purchases they've made, and now add $20 million worth of nuclear burn kits to the stockpile. Now, they bring up a good point. They bring up a good point. They've been preparing for this for a long, long time, whatever they're going to, what's ever going to actually go down. And then we have uh, this report, and uh, I believe this is the last, yeah, this is the last report, and it's the next tool of tyranny and enslavement. Coming from your pastor in FEMA. Um, many who have followed the writings on this site are all too familiar with how the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA have turned your pastor into an agent of the state. And this is from Dave Hodges. Um, as such, your pastor has been trained to invoke Romans 13 in order to enforce compliance with the government's edicts. No matter how draconian, in a time of national emergency, many of the nation's pastors have been trained on how to bring calm to incarcerated uh, Americans being held in the proverbial FEMA camps in which pastors are forbidden to quote the Bible or to speak of Jesus. Now, we've covered all this stuff in times past. Your church is likely an agent of the state. Now, I'm not talking to my average listener, okay? But we're just talking to the average, quote, Christian out there going to their average 501c3 church, okay? From the previously referenced links, it is easy to conclude that most of our pastors are compromise along with their message however the clergy response team has taken an even darker turn for the worse in only 120 days 30 churches from around the world have turned their places of worship into a potential pit of enslavement in geographic locations from india indonesia to india from portugal to the united states churches have started using facial recognition software called churchix okay and here's the here's the the literal logo of this thing, okay? And there's a link here, cbsnews.com, facial recognition software, scanning where where you would least expect it, and it's called Churchix. And there's a link you can click onto the CBS link there. Yeah, I was just checking to see if there was a video that went along with the CBS link, and there, there wasn't that I saw, but there is a gigantic report on this. And so you can click on that. I give you the link here. Uh, the innovator and the man in charge of this unholy distribution of unwarranted surveillance technology, Moshi Green, Greenishban, kind of a tongue twister of a name, Greenishban, sorry, um, and the CEO of a Israeli and Las Vegas-based company called Face6, is leading the way in installing DARPA and DHS surveillance devices inside the sanctuaries of these Christian, quote, Christian churches. Make no mistake about it, the surveillance program is a clone of other products that Greenishban's company offers to clients, such as law enforcement, public venues, retail outlets, and of course the American Gestapo, the DHS. Implementation of Satan's surveillance system. The churches, the churchics program is implemented in three phases. Number one, enroll people into the churches database. So in other words, get your get your parishioners, get your your members to come in there and get get their face um, you know, scanned, digitally facial recognition, and then two, upload videos of or photos of members. So that's when you, you get scanned. You enroll them into the database and then you upload their videos and photos. And then three Churchix identifies their faces. So it's in that database forever. That database is then tied into the DHS and Big Brother government, and voila, you're a good little servile uh, servant to Big Brother, and, and you better stay in line because, you know, they're gathering this gigantic database on you now, and 
And your church is now going to be at the forefront of all of this. The church uses uh, CCTV footage, closed circuit television is what that stands for, or photos to match churchgoers against a database of high resolution pictures that a church has to compile on its own. The software can be used to monitor attendance members and alert church officials if the member stops coming to services. It can also screen for people banned from the church, as pointed out in the company's description of the operation features. So you could, you know, have your church SWAT team escort them out of the sanctuary. I added that in, but anyway, in the beginning, I was surprised. We never thought of churches as potential clients, but we now understand the need. Most churches do already keep track of their members. Greenish Span told IVT Times in the UK, churches are, are dependent upon their congregation's generosity in remaining a viable entity. In the past, your church could often tell if someone was participating in the life of the church by monitoring their offering envelopes given to the church. See, you're, you're participating in the life of the church. You're, you're, you're putting the, the um, greenback lifeblood into the church. And, and you should be monitored by the church in this regard, obviously. Uh, this is where the real money is, not in the offering plate in which people will drop a $5 bill, possibly. But we want the, we want the, the envelopes with the checks in them and, and you know, the, the larger amounts. That's what really needs to be, you know. And they don't like it when you drop cash in there because they can't be tracked near as easily. So they much rather like it when, when you, uh, you know, it was weird. I went to this one church one time for a while and, um, the way way in the past it was a baptist church in fort myers and uh i must have been the only one there that gave cash because everyone else like good little i guess nazis in a way would give and given offering envelopes and you know i would always give in cash and when it was all said and done at the end of every month i still got a statement of exactly what i'd given even though i didn't want to know I was trying not to, you know, let my right hand know what my left hand was doing. I was doing it not to be seen among, you know, that type of thing, as the Bible says. And and uh, <clears throat> I figured out the reason they knew. Because I was the only one that gave any kind of significant amount of cash, I guess. So they automatically, they knew what side that offering plate was passed down on. The, the church was split into three parts. So when it got up to the front, they, they must have put that to the side and just assumed that whatever was coming in that particular side of the sanctuary was from me because everybody else had given an envelope so they could still give me a statement. <laughs> I mean, they had to figure it out that way. It's the only way they could have done it. You know, unless they had some type of high-level CCT camera focusing in on me, but I, that wasn't the case. This was not a this was not a church that would have was like a big brother like that. Not not in that regard, you know. They weren't Of course, maybe now they are, I don't know, but um so yeah, uh, that's a big, big deal. And and uh, anyway, Churchix is only part of the surveillance movement that is targeting the average person. From April to June of 2015, a few reports surfaced about the introduction of the Churchix program. However, the report was one-dimensional and did not look at the bigger surveillance picture. The, the system is only part of a massive DHS data mining project designed to target Christians People of interest in all Americans who are committing the crime of merely living in their homes and attempting to live an American middle class lifestyle. Most of you reading these words are considered to be enemies of the state, according to the MIAC report, and see that for historical context. It is not enough that your computer or any electronic device can be used as a means to spy upon the owner of the device. Um, DHS is t seeking to gain access to all home surveillance videos. Um, DHS is also seeking the ability to intercept digital signals that come on your video camera devices as well. Your video and photos in your cell phones have long been the database property of DHS. Um, the problem with this church system is that the nation's churches would spend more than they would recoup from bringing the, quote, fallen away brethren back into the fold by having this technology and realizing a revenue increase from the church offerings as a result, meaning it, it, the, the cost wouldn't be worth um, whatever revenue they would generate, they would think. However, the Common Sense Show has learned that the Department of Homeland Security grants 
are available for churches who wish to upgrade their, quote, technology in accordance with the rules and procedures associated with their local fusion threat center. So they're going to be supplying grants to the church as if the, the church with their 501c3 corporate exempt status yoked up with the IRS and the government, which basically gave them their right to exist, now part of the FEMA clergy response teams behind their parishioners' backs, turn, turning them into basically like Nazi collaborator Stasi types, the, the pastors in them. Now you've got this where you're getting, on top of maybe subsidies you're getting because you're a 501c3 uh, religious entity or whatever with the government, but now the Department of Homeland Security will, gr will give you a grant. They're available for churches who wish to upgrade their technology in accordance with the rules and procedures associated with their local fusion threat center, which is the, are those centers that is absolute massive data mining gathering things to control every single facet of your life lock stock and barrel to track you and your actions and your transactions wherever you go so yeah now it's, it's coming to a uh fine local church near you originally this information was available on fema's homepage at this link and there's a link here um but as the readers can see the page has been scrubbed in a similar fashion to the previously referenced new hub report on this topic so if you click on the link, it says, oops, this isn't good. You're getting an error message. If you bookmark the page, it's possible the page moved. And it's obtained from www.fema.gov. Big, long link. Okay, so they scrubbed it. However, the Common Sense Show made a copy of the DHS FEMA grant program that was, in part, designed to make churches part of the DHS FEMA national surveillance police state spy grid. And here is a copy of it. So he got a copy. So I, I did post it here. I'm not going to go through all of it. A lot of it's legalese. But I did post it here that you can view it. And then we have, um, um, just continuing, it says, Forget the obvious Fourth Amendment protections the churchics and your pastor are violating on behalf of DHS and FEMA. The fundamental question is, why would a government agency invest so much capital and its resources into such a project? Any competent social psychologist will tell you that body language accounts for roughly 90% of all human communication. Facial expressions, posture, gestures are part of the elaborate communication system. Please consider the following. Paul Ekman, the pioneer of reading body language, according to the Wall Street Journal, fears he, he has created a monster. Ekman originally pioneered the study of facial expressions in the 1970s. He created an inventory of over 5,000 muscle movements in order to demonstrate hidden emotions. Today, some companies have amassed an amazing computer software database that can seemingly read minds because of the accuracy and thoroughness of the body language reading software. The concern of the public should be great, as the Wall Street Journal so accurately states, that, quote, collectively, they are amassing an enormous visual database of human emotions seeking patterns that can predict pre-crime pre-crime like the minority report that that show yeah it's pre-crime emotional reactions and behavior on a massive scale so they're going to be doing pre-crime predicting pre-crime of the people of the parishioners in the churches who would be their biggest enemies anyway because they would be you know identifying themselves primarily as christians and obviously you know, that would be Satan's biggest enemy to worry about. So, what better place to do it in than in the church? Uh, you might still be wondering how this could impact you. Imagine that this coming Sunday, you were sitting in a church armed with this technology. The terms of the DHS grant given to your church, now meaning, the, in, other, for, in other words, for them to get this church X thing going and to get this nice grant from the DHS, okay, the terms of that grant, Given to your church allows the NSA on behalf of DHS and FEMA to pirate the video footage of your members of your church. Your facial reactions to your pastor's messages could reveal much about your suitability to live in the coming bold new world order, which has been hijacked by this nation's government. <laughs> this is where it's all going. This is the brave new 1984 George Orwellian world we're all heading into, you know, where you're monitored lock, stock, and barrel 24-7. So the conclusion is, ask yourself, if you were looking for opponents to the New World Order, where would you go to identify them? 
the church would be the logical place to visit. And, and in an environment where topics such as transgenderism and selling body parts of aborted babies could be discussed, and your church would be a good repository to look for future dissenters or current dissenters today and then also to possibly eliminate them before they could become a problem. Please recall, as reported on the site, that the NSA maintains a database on every individual in which every person is assigned a, quote, threat matrix score. Churchix is just one more tool to make decisions on people who would turn up on the proverbial red list. Remember, the red list is the people that come for typically first. Typically, the, the red list people are the ones that are assigned to be blown away, not typically re-educated. Um, in light of the introduction, remember the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the throne though. It doesn't matter what they're doing here. He's still bigger than all of this. Greater the universe. Can't top that. In light of the introduction of this technology to the church, home Bible study seems like a very good idea. Yeah. Well, I, I figured that out about, um, how many years ago? 10? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you know, when I left my church, I the, the last thing I did is is basically rebuke the guy in the pulpit for for calling me out on doing a Sunday school lesson on exposing Christmas, and he was up there, this the most unstable guy in the whole church that was on multiple meds that had, his wife had been committed on multiple occasions, literally committed. I think they both had, and he's rebuking me from the pulpit. You know, on because I did a teaching in Sunday morning in Sunday school that dared go after Christmas. The biggest pagan holiday of the year, basically, with a Christian veneer, you know, the, the, the birth date of the sun god Tammuz. And I, I let him have it, you know. I stood up and let him have it. And that was the last time I've ever been part of an, of an organized church. And, and they were 501c3, and the guy told me, oh, we're, we're going to, he knew my stance. He knew that he should have been out of it. He had people, we had come out of a non-501c3 church, both him and me. And he says, oh, I'm going to do it, but I just want to do it right, and never happened so he had to get me out of there some way because i was too much of a thorn in his side and it worked it was what launched and springboarded this ministry not to say that i'm anything great or whatever but it, it is what got things off the ground you know and then i went to sermon audio and in and, and the lord blessed the ministry there in an unbelievable way so much so that within a couple years when i was posting teachings we were like top 10 out of like six thousand preachers posting top 10 sermons on a weekly basis i'm i'm there some peon commingled with all the big boys that are that are posting you know paul washer and in in um oh gosh uh, who who else um i don't know the big boys okay and i was rubbing way too many people the wrong way at sermon audio because i was Totally against 501c3, King James only. They could live with that, but not not the not the 501c3 there because, you know, probably 99 plus percent of the people there were 501c3, you know, um, or close to it, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was lower than that. And so I had to go, they had to find an excuse to get me off of there. Um, and so that's how I kind of wound up with contendingfortruth.com just because we're we're doing our own thing we're off we're, we're not yoked up with any of these organizations because i found the more i got yoked up the worse i got burned i would always end up offending somebody and it was you know an effort and how bad can you be backstabbed so um i'm not complaining i'm just saying that's been my experience so yes i would say that home bible study seems like a very good idea particularly in light of all the things we've covered not just in this teaching but in many many teachings previously and um uh, be low-key be wise as a serpent gentle as a dove just you know be low-key um, there's a lot of different things you can do to try to maintain some semblance of privacy in your life. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's a book written by a guy with a pen named JJ Luna, how to be invisible. There's other books on privacy and, in in, 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 the thing is, is that you could say I'm nothing high, but the thing is, is that that doesn't really matter. It's that they're trying to build this database. It's that you have to look at, this is very important to Satan that he, that he knows every single thing about you and your family in every way, shape, and form. So if it's something that's very important to him, that he is building a database on, and he is 
gathering information on you every single day. Well, don't you think it's something you would want to resist then? Just from that standpoint alone of how important it is to Satan to know this? Just, you know, resist the devil and he will flee. Well, this is a form of resisting the devil. It's, it's not just giving in and giving over and just letting them, you know, have whatever they want. The things that they don't have any right to. So, I don't think there's anything unbiblical about it all, <laughs> you know, in that regard. Because it's none of their business anyway. So, that's all I have for uh, today. I will go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time that you've given us, Lord. And um, I thank you for letting us come together, Lord, to look at these issues again. And I do pray, God, that you would intervene regarding all of these topics that we have talked about today, God. That, that you would fight against them, that fight against you, you, Lord, and fight against the body of Christ and, and, and that you would um, deal with them, Lord God. And if it be possible, I pray their souls be saved, Lord God. But if they are just going to continue in wickedness and evil and, and, Lord God, and rape and pillage and steal and hurt the innocent, God, I just pray to God they be dealt with, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, that they would wisely consider if you're doing it, and that the righteous will be glad in the Lord and trust in you, and all the upright in heart with glory, according to Psalm 64, Lord. And I do pray, God, to whom, Lord, to whom vengeance belongeth, to whom vengeance belongeth, please show thyself, God. Please render a reward to the proud, God. And, and I pray to God that you would stop the wicked, Lord God, inasmuch as it is your will. I know you're digging their pit, Lord. You said it in your word. Their pit is being dug. I just pray, God, it comes sooner than later, Lord God, for the sake of the innocent, for the sake of the widows, for the sake of the orphans, for the sake of the Christians, Lord God. I pray to God for your divine intervention in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, your angelic host, and through the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.